Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina Joubert, and this is the fifth narrative journey into creative business ideas and how they transform individuals and communities. The rise of digital journalism over the last three decades has decreased the demand for print magazines and newspapers. Veteran journalist and designer of the tablet prototype, Roger Fidler, predicted the eventual shift from paper journalism to a digital format, as news stories became easier to publish on the internet with instant access to readers from across the world. The introduction of tablets, like the iPad and the Samsung Galaxy, dealt a deciding blow in the battle between print versus digital media consumption making it easier than ever for people to read their favourite magazines and newspapers on a digital device. The coronavirus pandemic may have further impacted on how we consume media as we develop a more noticeable fear of touching physical objects in public places. This has already affected magazines, normally distributed as paper copies. One such example, a local example, is NARC magazine, for those of you who don't know, the magazine covers news related to arts and culture in the northeast of England. It's beautifully laid out, quirky, informative, and the editor has done an absolute amazing job of turning it into a digital magazine on short notice for its April edition. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome my special guest today, the editor of NARC magazine, Claire Dupree. Hello, thank you very much for having me. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there's a film or a book soon to be released called NARC. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer or book blurb? Okay, um, I've thought long and hard about this one. Um, a music obsessive, obsessive attends a gig by a local band in the basement of a bar, bearing witness to a community of music lovers she never knew existed and she is smitten. Fast forward a year and after spending her days writing about the gigs she attended at nights, she quits her job at the local paper and dives into the challenging world of independent publishing. Part one, Editor Woes, Life in the Media. NARC recently celebrated their 14th birthday. 13 years in print and for the first time ever, their 14th birthday edition in digital form because of circumstances outside of their hands. Coronavirus. Claire is a great supporter of the local music scene, as you might have noticed in her film trailer, and met her, I met her through my first blog, Teesside Cat, for which I did a lot of music journalism. I subsequently wrote for NARC from time to time, but I only met Claire in person maybe a year or two after I started writing for NARC. I've been wondering about this, uh, so I don't think I just speak for myself though, when I say quite a few people are probably curious about where it all started. What happened 14 years ago that made you decide to start an arts and culture magazine focusing on events in the Northeast? Okay, um, pretty much as the, the film trailer suggests really. Uh, I was writing for other publications uh, like The Crack and The Journal, 
um, but essentially they, they wouldn't really write, let me write enough about what was happening locally and I wanted to uh, kind of fuel the, the, the passion I'd found in writing about local music scene and local culture in general. So I quit my job, uh, my reasonably well-paid job in advertising um, and started a magazine uh, in January 2006. Uh, first issue came out in the March. I kind of learned on the job to an extent and I, I kind of it's always had a local focus but uh, over the last 10 years that's been a lot more pronounced so um, and it's expanded a lot more to cover the um, just music so art and film and um, theatre and comedy and lots of other stuff in between as well. Did it start as a kind of just focusing on music and then it expanded? Sort of yeah it's it, it sort of always had a like one page of the stuff basically okay. the kind of non-musical content um first and foremost it was music mainly because i didn't really have very much knowledge about the other things mm -hmm. um but as we grew and we amassed writers who were more interested in those things and i started to um just to interact with more people in general um it all kind of it, it gelled a bit more and okay. found its, its feet properly i think okay and you mentioned that you worked in advertisement before to put everything into a bit more context can you give us an overview of your professional background yeah so um i started out in advertising sales um i don't have any qualifications for um writing or journalism i've always wanted to write um but just i, I didn't go to university uh, i didn't study above a level so i always i just went straight into a job at the local newspaper um first on copy setting and and stuff like that and, and then on to ad sales um, and I quite enjoyed it. Um, I suppose um, I've got quite a, I've got a lot of passion for the subject um, and, and lots of experience. So now anyway, um, so I think that's probably what sets me um, sets me up. Um, I'm not from the northeast, uh, so I feel like I appreciate it. Um, not more than other people but I, I have a, a huge appreciation for it because it's not kind of my home area I've come into an area that um, I'm discovering is all these wonderful things and I think that that made me appreciate it more um, I would definitely rather be considered being from the northeast than anywhere else I think okay that's really interesting because I'm, I'm sure you're aware I'm not from the area as well yeah. and sometimes it just seems like you notice more because you've got that outsider's perspective how would you describe your identity in relation to the North East at the moment? Um, I suppose just that really, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm an adopted Northeasterner, I'd like to think. Um, and I, I, lo I love this region, I think, because it's slight isolation from the rest of the UK. Um, the fact that we very much are a pocket of the north of the country that um, is, is forging its own path and doing some really interesting stuff um, and I'd like to think that I can um, shine a light on that and be part of, of promoting that to the wider sort of area. Um, before I moved here quite honestly I didn't know where Newcastle was. <laughs> I didn't like, I had to sort of look at my oh it's all the way up there it's by Scotland. So I think um, you know kind of getting our region known for some you know some great stuff is is really important um, so hopefully I can do some of that. Why did you move here? Um, well, I was an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> uh, he wanted to move up with his to, to be with his family. Um, so I moved up with him. Uh, and then, quite honestly, I started going out to gigs and um, 
and, and discovered a social life and then sort of thought, hmm, this is a bit more interesting than you. So, <laughs> so I got rid of him. And <laughs> I swapped uh, the Northeast music scene for, for, uh, for him. So. <laughs> okay. And I don't think you mentioned just uh, out of curiosity, where, where did you grow up? Uh, so I'm originally from Reading, just like 25 miles or so out, outside okay. London. Um, yeah. How is NARC normally distributed and what happened this year? Can you talk us a little bit through what you experienced as an editor? Yeah, so uh, normally it's printed and distributed uh, through music shops, venues, um, cultural outlets, all kinds of different places, about 200 or so outlets across the whole of the Northeast. Um, what I experienced was abject terror, <laughs> pretty much like everybody else. Um, yeah, to be honest, no outlets open, plus no advertising, plus hardly any events equals no magazine. Uh, that was my first sort of thought. But, you know, I pretty quickly realised I had to, just like everybody else, um, adapt. Uh, obviously, we've taken the magazine digital for now. Um, and I'm learning to be a bit more flexible with the way that we cover our content. So I had lots of rules and regulations about how we could include things before because it made sense for a, a printed product to be very time sensitive. Uh, that isn't necessarily the case right now. And I suppose really our, I see our existence at the moment is just to kind of reiterate our commitment to the region's cultural scene. I feel like we're here, we really need to make them aware that we're here to support them we're not a standalone business that's making money that's here to exploit people uh we're here to to promote what's happening um and now more than ever um so i suppose it could have been an awful experience that maybe mm -hmm. it's okay i think you did a really good job of i mean the magazine the digital version looks really good and i love the cover um just for people who might not be aware can you maybe just describe what how the idea behind the cover so i think that's a really nice sentiment yeah um i didn't i mean we had we had a band scheduled for the cover um we were operating all you know all things normal um up till sort of middle of march but i was very keen not to make the band the kind of face of the coronavirus panic issue to be honest <laughs> it was a bit unfair on them um so i was trying to think of another way to um to 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 make ourselves kind of uh, to, to set our stall out really and to show people what, what we're trying to do um so the cover features the names of every single venue outlet distribution outlet um long-term advertisers uh, friends of ours people who see our, their doors closed essentially um through the, the coronavirus stuff and it's just just their names just written uh, there's a very small little heart in the corner um and and, and that's it and i think the reason we did it was to stand together, to, to show a bit of solidarity um, and also to show people, look at the amazing stuff that we have here. Uh, let's celebrate it. Let's support it. Um, and let's make sure that we're there ready to spend our money with them when they reopen again. And yeah, we had a really nice response to it, actually. Um, so much so we might even be doing some some prints <laughs> because people said they want yes, a poster. I've heard of it. Really? So that's quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it was an, a nice sentiment for us to show, I think, at the beginning. Um, but business as usual after after this issue, I think. And would you say then that the recent forced digitalization of NARC is a positive development? It's been positive in that uh, I'm 
sort of proving to myself that I can adapt and that maybe some of my rules are a bit daft, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, certainly for, you know, people that we can talk about in future. Uh, to be honest, I've always wanted to run a print publication. That, that hasn't changed. I, I still haven't really decided if I'm going to keep a digital version of the magazine once we start to print properly again. Uh, yeah, I, I might just kind of bide my time a little bit on that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
from our readers point of view i hope is our knowledgeable team um, they're deeply invested in a scene and their knowledge uh, basically sets us apart from from other people i think um, that really shows in our content uh, so i hope that we are unique and informative and ethical and interesting and fun yeah. all those things <laughs> <laughs> so Based on a recent review by the Arts Council England, arts and culture can illuminate our inner life and enrich our emotional world. It has an impact on our economy, health and well-being, society and education. For example, it promotes acceptance of diversity and can also stir feelings of national pride. Higher arts and culture engagement is also reported to boost subjective levels of well-being. It is reported that people feel happier and even healthier after attending a cultural event like a festival, for example. As someone who's knowledgeable about the sector, how would you say it benefits people in general from your point of view? I suppose it's like me when I first started going to gigs at the Hedestine basement and um, I found a community. So I came from a different town um, didn't have that many friends at the start. So I found community, friendship, uh, a shared uh, sort of appreciation of, of something that I didn't really know I had before. And I think uh, discovering this sort of adopted pride uh, of, of a home region that I you know, hadn't really sort of uh, known very well um, and, and a desire to see it prosper was, was quite key for me as well. Being in the position I'm in, it's it's quite a thrill to see other creative businesses to be to being successful, and actually then subsequently feeling really sad when this current situation is happening and all of them are you know not able to operate. So, yeah. as mentioned, you promote arts and culture through the magazine. One of the societal benefits of this sector is to reduce social exclusion and isolation, and I think what you've mentioned. Uh, touches on this topic as well and um, giving that sense of community to people who perhaps might not be feeling it and so on however with what's going on there might be some changes especially as some venues are forced to close and we don't know when they're going to open again how do you think uh, the virus is affecting the situation and will continue affect it um, to be honest, I think there's never been a better time to understand the value of our cultural community now. And I'm witnessing that all over the place now, um, mostly online, obviously, um, but in loads of forms, the crowdfunders set up by friends of local businesses, uh, people dipping into their pockets when, you know, a lot of people are really struggling financially to support these local businesses that we that we love um, on a daily basis so um, I'm quite heartened to see that we've obviously adapted our content to reflect the times we're facing um, and readers have adapted their behavior accordingly and I'm hoping that they'll you know go on our websites and and look at the magazine online and, and still continue to engage with us at the end of the day I think if you want to interact with the cultural sector and for many people it's 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 a need it's not a passing fad it's not just a thing that they do it's like it's part of them you'll do all you can to continue doing that whether it's sat in your house watching someone on live stream or going to a gallery and looking at their online you know collections there's still loads of ways that we can show that we're a community um, and i think maybe when we come out of this we might come to appreciate each other a little bit more i hope yes true part three reliably informed 
ethical concerns in media consumption. NARC's tagline is reliably informed. I do not know exactly what's implied by it or when you picked it. What was the thought process behind it? So it came with a name, really. NARC, literal meaning, is, is an informant. Um, so that's first and foremost what we do. Uh, we inform, uh, hopefully knowledgeably, and hopefully in an entertain, entertaining way. Um, so that's the, the kind of reason behind reliably informed. For anyone who's done media studies or read up on journalism, it is known that media sources do tend to sometimes manipulate facts or present them in such a way as to persuade us to believe something. In recent years, there has been uh, various fake news incidents, normally related to politics and so forth. And in general, it seems we are constantly bombarded by news, especially during unfortunate times like these when, well, the human race is threatened by a virus. What we read and how often we choose to look at news can have a negative impact on our mental well-being. What is your advice to listeners about media consumption? Uh, yeah, I've definitely experienced this myself. Um, I'm spending a lot less time on the news than I was at the beginning. Also, my husband is uh, quite happy to keep looking at rolling news comments. So if there's anything disastrous to inform me of, he can do that. Uh, I, I don't want to spend that much time looking at this stuff. It, it is quite destructive. I think if you want to know about a thing, you should do your research. Don't take one source, take many, have an open mind um, and, and look outside the social media bubble. It's really easy to just get news from one, one place and, and kind of believe it but also fear it um, so I think the way to not fear things so much is to take lots of different sides uh, lots of different stories and and make up your mind from there I think yes I think the takeaway from that is that if you really want to know the facts if you want to know something looked up keep that information and if you want to know something new or something else follow the same process don't constantly be checking news feeds and so forth um, yeah, definitely. Thank you again for joining me on the show, Claire. It's been really interesting learning about NARC magazine, where it all started, and what motivates you. Before we go, I have a few quick questions to round up the show. What is the most recent film, series you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? Um, so I'm currently reading Stephen King. Uh, he's a, a great love of mine. Um, it's a bit of light and easy relief, to be honest. Uh, before that, I was reading Margaret Atwood's Mad Adam trilogy, which if you don't know much about it, it's uh, about a civilization brought to its knees by a mutant man-made virus. And that was a bit close to the bone. <laughs> and I started reading that like back in January. So yeah, by the time I'd finished the three books, I'm like, mm, I think yeah. I need something a bit lighter. <laughs> Um, uh, TV, I've started back with a new season of Ozark, which I'm quite enjoying. And I like the, the race across the world. Um, I'm a really keen traveller um, and it satisfies a bit of my wanderlust, um, although it also makes me feel a bit sad. So, swings yeah, <laughs> so I can't travel at the moment. Yeah. Um, talking about wanderlust and travelling, I'm going to jump to my fourth question. What is the first place or country that you will visit when this is over? Uh, I'm going to stay quite close to home actually. Um, we had planned to go to the Scottish Highlands uh, in our camper van. Uh, it's a trip we plan to take in June for my birthday. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, that might still be possible. I would still like to, to go up there. I think the scenery is amazing. So fingers crossed.
And what is your number one tip to help us cope during this time? Uh, it's quite easy to say and really hard to follow, but um, just doing things that make you happy um, and not to beat yourself up when those things might not be the accepted norms. Um, if you want to stay in bed all day then, and that makes you happy, then, then do that. I'm going to take you up on that one. <laughs> Tell us about the biggest challenge you have overcome in your life. Um, I think after making what was in retrospect a bit of a bad business decision um, by deciding to partner up with another company, this was 10 years ago now, I had to rebuild from scratch and uh, understand my own strengths as a person. Um, one of those is that I'm a control freak and that that's okay. <laughs> right. And the last question, if someone wanted advice on entering a career in media, either as a journalist, editor or photographer, what would you tell them? Just to, uh, to do the, the chosen practice a lot. So if you're a writer, uh, read a lot, write a lot, practice your craft as much as you possibly can. Um, just, just do it all the time be willing to diversify try new things get out of your comfort zone grow a thick skin as well um, possibly be willing to take constructive criticism be willing to learn and know that you can always learn more i definitely know nothing compared to uh you know so many people so uh, i'm always looking to learn new stuff about my craft and about the things that we produce in the magazine and and about myself so um just be really open and just do it a lot <laughs> As well as the print, or recently digital version of the magazine, NARC also produces online content on a regular basis. Their website, narcmagazine.com, is run by David Saunders, who is a prominent figure in the local music industry. I also invited him to tell us a little bit more about his role as the website content editor. Welcome, David. Um, hello, and thank you for calling me a prominent figure. Um, and for it to be used in such a positive content uh, context, that's, that's really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, some listeners might not know who you are. So can you give them uh, some background by briefly introducing yourself in the style of a film trailer or a book blurb? Oh, good. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 do you know what? I'll try the film trailer. Normal working class lad who broke his leg playing football, so decided to join a band, became a singer, ended up being in a series of successful, some not successful bands. Um, he stopped that. He then wanted to help musicians, so he started doing, um, putting on shows. He started offering advice. Um, this ended up sort of being reasonably successful. He ended up then getting recruited by the Tees Music Alliance. Um, and then doing stuff there, once again, putting on gigs, helping bands, uh, putting on events. And then uh, from that, uh, last year, he got a phone call from um, Claire Dupree um, in response to his email asking if he would like to join the NARC team. Um, at some point, I probably will request an interview to talk a little bit more about all the band stuff and uh, promotional work that you've done and still oh, doing, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I do lots but focusing on NARC magazine and the website content. So as the website content writer, what are your responsibilities? Uh, so my responsibilities is to sort of work alongside and supplement the magazine. 
sometimes there's not space in the magazine. Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes that gets, if there's no space or a late submission, then the website can take it on. So it helps in that respect, but it also it, it exists in its own right. And as I said, works alongside. It can handle content that the magazine can't handle. So um, video exclusives, song exclusives, um, anything that's multimedia, anything as well that's quite current and up to date that um, doesn't have big lead times, for example. Uh, we're seeing at the moment a lot of live stream gigs popping up. Right. Obviously, they've missed the boat with the deadline of the mm -hmm. magazine. The website can come in. With they've only been like a sort of um, a week to go to the gig, them if even if it was in the next magazine, it would miss it. So we can pick up on things like that, um, and also as well a bit more in depth. Uh, we don't really have a word count limit, um, so we could well, articles can be as long or as short. Really, there's no yeah, there's no sort of issue there, and um, yeah, we do we do a sort of different format in terms of our we have a sort of features that are not in the magazine, um, so we do. Um, interviews we have a thing called bunch of fives which is your top five favorite thing six of the best which are like sort of six influences uh we do a thing called um dream show where you describe if no there was no like issues no like hey, reality didn't exist what would you sort of dream show do it be uh for fans of which is describe your sort of your work in three songs uh it's just like these sort of like features that aren't in the magazine as well so they just I find that it exists well on its own, but also I always view it as a sort of something that supplements and works alongside the magazine, the NARC umbrella as a whole. Uh, and I think in that respect, it works quite well. And I think with what's happening with the COVID-19, it's sort of really highlighted that we've been quite busy. That's fascinating. I've been writing for NARC, I don't know for how long, and I didn't actually know about all of this. So I'll definitely be checking out the website. How long have you been involved with NARC? I was unemployed about ooh, six years ago, I think it was, six, five, six years ago. And as a result, I thought, rather than just start another job that I hate, I'm just going to go into music. And as, as I, start, I think uh, the brief intro uh, referenced, um, I started putting on gigs and shows and try and help bands, uh, musicians, rappers, artists, whatever, um, try to put interest and stuff on. And I thought one way to sort of, that that would be like, I could benefit that, I could grow that, is to network more. Yeah. So I, it's one of the first things I advise any artist is to do if you want to be sort of successful or promoter is to network. And one of the things to network was is to go to gigs and shows and, and be in contact with other creatives in the region. and. Um, I just thought, well, I'm just going to see if Claire's looking for someone um, for NARC magazine. Uh, I, I can't remember initially how I started. So, yeah, I started doing the writing for the magazine, just pieces for the magazine. I can't remember how I initially contacted her. I don't know whether I just saw her once and, and uh, spoke, asked her face-to-face. Uh, -face. I can't remember. It, okay. not, it, I would say it's irrelevant, but it's not. <laughs> it was one of the best things that I did because yeah. it really opened the sort of northeast music and culture scene to me. Um, yeah. Well, from talking to you, it seems that uh, you're really passionate about it and you enjoy your job um, writing the content for the website. I do. I love it. And it, for the magazine, it was great as well, because, uh, as I said, I was unemployed and, and to, to write to write work and to see it in a printed magazine that was distributed yeah. around the northeast it gave me a sort of sense of pride i really liked that so from my from a personal point of view i thought the magazine was was, was lovely from a creative point of view um it, it introduced me to all sorts of to all sorts of people who worked in the industry 
industry uh, and yeah things grow up you make connections uh, it's easier to talk to someone if you want to put on a sh an event or you want someone to come and speak at a talk or anything like that and it opens up um, all sorts of worlds and as well I got to see like with reviews for example you got to see bands or comedians or you got to um, listen to music before it came out and really listen to it as well because you were writing about it not just sort of put it on in the background mm -hmm. make it focus and I think you got a sort of a very a great sense of appreciation for what was going on and as you say I am quite a passionate person but I'd say it fueled it even more so that was just the magazine side of things so yeah. last year um sorry I, I will come to the question sorry mm -hmm. it's I thought I'd give you a little backdrop yeah. so I was writing for the magazine um and uh, yeah, it was last year I saw Cloud put an advert out saying the previous online um, coordinator, um, the official term I think it was advertised as, although Claire later changed it to editor mm -hmm. to make me feel better. I don't know. I, no. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what the exact job title is, to be honest. <laughs> I say editor and Claire, because uh -huh. only because Claire said I could, and I'm not going to go back to coordinator now because editor right. does sound better. And I do edit, um, but I coordinate as well. So. Yeah. so yeah, last year, she, and it was weird because I was, I was, in a place where I'd sort of got not sick, but I'd done, I'd done, I'd got suffered burnout from events. Mm -hmm. I put on so much, so much, and I don't know if, if like anyone who's listening to this is familiar with, with putting on events. It's hard work. It's really hard work. And I was, my sort of my attitude was, if I put lots on, then because the way I, the way that I saw music and the way that I got sorry, the way that I got involved in music is mm -hmm. by, it, by being on. I got really, um, I wasn't from a musical background or a musical family. It was from seeing and listening to artists that made me want to be that, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I, I took that very, like, I applied that to the masses in general, thinking that that's what everyone wants is to sort of be inspired by stumbling upon something. I'd sort of come out of 2018 really burnt out. And I just, I, and I, to be honest, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get back into music. I was doing stuff at the TMA, the artist development. I was really enjoying it, but I, ne I needed like another day's sort of work, I guess, to, to, um, yeah, to, to obviously pay my bills, but to also feel like I was doing something. I felt like I, I needed to do more. I always feel like I need to do more, um, but I didn't want to go back into events. I still do events um, a bit more casually now, but not as intense. So I'd sort of got sick of events. Anyway, this that advert sh showed up literally within two days of me sort of starting to feel that way. So I just saw it as a sign, um, not that I believe in sort of fit or anything like that, but I, yeah, just thought let's let's do it. So um, applied, and uh, yeah, Claire gave me a call back, and yeah. um, I just had a chat with her on the lunchtime when I was working at the Georgian Theatre, the TMA, and uh, just telling her about some of the ideas because yeah, I, I come I come across. I think I'm not very. I wouldn't sort of describe myself as skill but i learned a lot of the things that i learned by being a part of it I, like as a musician or as a um uh, a consumer of, of culture music and culture yeah. um so i learned a lot that way and i have always have like big ideas i always have ideas from what i see from that have come from what i've seen and with narc like claire was like you got some ideas and uh, i just sort of pitched some things that i thought might be cool and um yeah she got back in touch with you a week later and said like she'd love to have me on board and I was very chuffed. Great. So you've actually given us a little bit of a, an outsider's perspective already of what you think of the magazine and um, it's really fascinating because I don't know these things. I mean, I write for it. 
I see the magazine, um, but I don't actually know how other people perceive it. Uh, how well known is it? Um, for example, there are some other magazines that do similar kind of things, but um, it's great that you've put that kind of in a context and given your opinion on it. Um, so just once again, uh, carrying on with this outsider's perspective, can you tell us a little bit uh, about what work the editor does and how you contribute to that? Well, Claire is, is she's just the overall sort of the, mm -hmm. the top of the organiser. Um, yeah. Like the way she pulls a magazine together is absolutely incredible. Um, her ideas are fun. So yeah, so it's first she needs ideas for what's going to be in the not everything is you can't react to everything so she obviously gets a lot of content in a lot of lot of people doing things she has to filter through what she thinks was, is going to be um ex, uh, like entertaining to read um what what probably does need help like um like she she does always have a, a sort of a, her eyes about like um, up-and-coming artists which ones might need a sort of a push which ones are ready which ones need to probably wait a bit longer um yeah interesting content um exciting content um or she loves to uncover gems so she gets all this sort of like content in she then has to filter it through she has a sort of magazine she then sort of like dishes out to the writers uh, front cover artist who's going to be the front cover artist so there's all these things before she before anything's even been written there's the sort of planning that she needs to put into into place um is it's insane well thank okay. you so much uh, for agreeing to give us a little bit of insight from uh, the web content editor website blog whatever you want to call yeah. it <laughs> website content editor's perspective thank you once again and uh, for our listeners if you haven't read narc magazine yet you can now find it online at issue.com that is issuu.com or search for at narc.magazine on social media for instant art and culture news, visit their website at narcmagazine.com or follow the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're interested in seeing some of the stunning cover photos and read more about Narc Magazine's development over the years, check out the linked article on my blog. Also, because I love the sentiment behind the cover, of the April edition, I'm going to give away one print of the cover to one lucky email subscriber. All you have to do is follow the website link in the show notes, subscribe to my newsletter and your name will be added automatically to the draw. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this narrative journey, kindly spread the word by leaving me a review on Apple or Google Podcasts sharing the article and podcast and giving me a thumbs up on social media. Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.